Well, good morning. And welcome to Brighton Grove Baptist Church. Great to see you all here. Thank you for gathering with us. Welcome to those joining online. A special welcome to those like me who are back after a recent COVID break. Uh, we, we gather to worship God. We gather to encourage each other. We're going to be reflecting this morning on our vision as a church, what it means to us going forward. And we'll be looking at a video presentation that's been prepared to share that vision with us. And I'm grateful to Judy Rudd for organising that and everyone who's contributed. Just to give you a heads up, later in the service I'm making space for anyone who wants to share a brief testimony about something God has done for them. So if God's been good to you in some way, you have a few minutes, and it will just be brief please, to psych yourself up and figure out how to share some way in which God has been amazing for you in these past few days and weeks. So now's the time to let that churn over in your mind. There's a notice in the bulletin about the opening arrangements with the new door code, just to say that this week is half term, and therefore the church will not be open until 9.30 in the morning, Monday to Wednesday, and it won't be open at all on Thursday and Friday, because that's part of the Jubilee celebration weekend. And we'll be gathering together this time next week for a special Jubilee service. That's the welcome and the notices. I know some of you have longed for notices to be back, so on a minimal basis, they are returning. Let's pause. Take a deep breath. Just be aware that we gather here in the presence of God. And from the fragmented and sometimes chaotic world of our everyday lives, we gather in search of wholeness. And those who come with a weary spirit seeking rest, God bids you welcome. Those who come with hope in your hearts, those who come glad and joyful, those who come to learn and explore, God bids you welcome. And we come to reweave the unravelling fabric of community. We come to connect with each other again. To find once more that place of calm and stillness. To remember that we belong. And to remember who it is that we belong to. There are many, we're like stars that fill the night, like clusters of grapes upon the vine, like flocks of birds in flight, like the branches of a tree, or like the wind, or like the waves upon the ocean. But however many we are, we are all one body. And the work of Christ is done when we learn to live in true community. So we come to centre ourselves, to open ourselves to remember who we are in Christ and to celebrate the life we share together. And so we sing Jesus, be the centre. Thank you. 
our God, as we worship you, we make you the focal point. We join our voices and our hearts and our minds together to worship you, the one God. And as we do that, would you make us one people? We want to meet with you this morning to be changed, to live more deeply, more truly, with integrity and kindness and hope and love, to join with those who seek a common path, your way through life, to be renewed in our faith, to be strengthened in our call to serve you, to find the courage to carry on doing what we are called to do day after day, because you have promised to be with us every single day until the end of the age. And we thank you for that assurance. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sing to Jesus. Here's the scepter. Here's the throne.
Amen. Do please sit down, get yourselves comfortable, and we're going to watch Michael introducing the first part of this video. Hello, my name is Michael, and I'm leader of community evangelism here at Brighton Road Baptist Church. Like churches all over the world, life at BRBC was turned upside down as a result of the COVID pandemic. But as we are now rapidly returning to in-person church services and activities, the deacons have been spending time in prayer and carefully reviewing our progress against our vision, which was agreed in the spring of 2021. We are aware that church life has changed. Many of our congregation face changed circumstances in their own family lives, such that the process of coming back together in person is taking time. Some of our church members are still having to take precautions regarding their own health and well-being. We recognise that we have finite resources and so we need to do a few things well in service of God through our church life. Today we will remind you of our vision and set out the key focus areas for growing and developing our church life over the next year. We don't have all the answers. We will need more time to plan and resource this work. But one thing we are certain of is that we need the support of the whole church to help us achieve them. So let's begin by reminding ourselves of our vision. As a fellowship of God's people, we are being called to be part of God's family, where anyone and everyone is made welcome, and we are all equipped to live our lives for Jesus with a shared sense of unity and purpose. This vision is underpinned by scripture we read in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 4, which reads, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with a staff in hand because of great age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its street. We believe this is the vision that God is calling us to, becoming a connected, intergenerational family of his people. The reading is John 17, verses 20 to 26, in which Jesus prays for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, 
and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. You know, when I stop and think about it, I find it a bit mind-boggling that God gives us the same love he has given to his son and shared with his son from eternity. That love welcomes us all into his family. And part of our vision for Brighton Road is that it should be a place where every, anyone and everyone is made welcome in God's family. So a challenge for you. In a minute, can I invite you to find someone whose name you don't know and introduce yourself. Bid them welcome and tell them it's great to have you as part of our family here at Brighton Road. And if you know everyone, then welcome someone else. And don't form a queue in front of the few people who haven't been here very often. If if you don't know what someone and someone else is talking to them, then then talk to somebody else. If you're at home, I know you can't do this, but who are you going to contact by email or telephone or a letter this afternoon just to touch base with them? So, just in a moment. Hello, my name is, your name is, welcome to Brighton Road. Great to have you as part of the family here at Brighton Road. Got one minute. Okay, I know from experience it's easier to start these things than to stop them. So can I invite you to return to your seats, please? Thank you. You can carry on doing this at coffee after the service in the main hall. Indeed. Let's watch Ken and Marion on the next section of the video. So our first priority area focuses on revitalising our welcome. Encouragingly, since we reopened after lockdown, we've seen an increase in the number of new people joining us for worship on Sunday mornings, as well as attending church groups and activities during the week. We've also seen an increase in the return of non-church organisations who use our buildings regularly. We think it's critically important that we invest in revitalising our welcome to ensure everyone who comes into our building feels at home with us, to ensure that people feel welcome at worship on Sunday mornings and at our midweek groups, 
We want to make our welcome more personal to help us build relationships and make people feel part of our church family. We all share the responsibility to welcome newcomers to our worship. But as we also want to extend that welcome to midweek activities, one of the key ways we could facilitate this would be through hospitality. We want to look at what we can do to make our reception and hub area more attractive and practical, including some redecoration, so that we could offer refreshments to those who are attending activities or just passing through on their way to external groups or waiting to collect children from the building. Another important step in making people feel welcome will be to showcase the different opportunities to become involved in church life. So we want to look at, in, at creating life groups and, and a life groups wall to publicise what we do. Finally, we plan to review and update our promotional literature so that we can make high quality information more readily available to anyone who expresses an interest in what goes on in our church. We feel these actions will be important to communicate our welcome, but also to sharing our love, care and concern for all those who enter our building. The second area of focus, integrating newcomers and indeed all our church family into the life of the church, to emphasise that feeling of belonging. And there's an intended overlap with what we talked about regarding life groups on the previous slide. We know the more touch points you have with a church, the more attached, engaged and part of the church family you will feel. So we want to encourage everyone to have more than one touch point beyond worshipping here on a Sunday or being a member of one particular group or activity. But we also recognise that we need to do more to connect what we do on Sundays in terms of our study themes and teaching with our activities during the week so that it's something we want to explore further. We equally recognise that the concept of life groups is not understood by all of us in the church family, so we want to strengthen their integration as part of our vision for church life and improve the communication and engagement in them. I think we've got five life groups running at Brighton Road at the moment. If you're interested in joining one of them, please have a word with John, and you'll know who John is, because he's going to be talking to us in a minute. We don't prescribe what each group studies, uh, but once a fortnight we do prepare material, which is available as part of the, the online bulletin, which ties into our Sunday programme, and some groups I know enjoy using that. You don't have to be part of a life group to use that. It's labelled for study and reflection, and uh, it's available on the bulletin on the website. Just go to the homepage, click on the link to Wick Newsletter, and you will find it there. But John, you've got two minutes to talk about home groups, life groups. Hi. Um, yeah, I just want to talk a little bit, actually. Um, well, let's, let me start with my life group, um, the one I'm part of. Um, it's, we're just a group of people who uh, just encourage one another. That's really, that's really what we're about. Um, we just spend time together. And th those people have become and are uh, the best friends that I have. They're absolutely crucial to my Christian life. Sorry, I'm a bit emotional about it. Um, but as Marion was saying, we want people to have more than one point of contact. And the whole idea of that comes... Um, has anyone done any climbing? How many points of contact should you have? If you have none, you fall off. Um, that's the main point. Um, if you have one really good one, you're probably okay, you might survive. Um, if you have several really good ones, 
um, then you will be okay. And um, the life groups are that incredibly strong handhold. They're the people who, um, for us, the people who really care, who, who uh, get in touch when you're in trouble, who you can pray with. Um, and we've got a variety of different groups meeting in different formats. So we've got some meeting here, some meeting in the day, some meeting online, um, and some meeting in people's homes. So yeah, I would encourage you to be part of a life group. Um, talk to me if you'd like to join one, and uh, we'll, we'll try and match you up. And if we end up with a, a swarm of people wanting to join, we may have to set up some more. Um, and that would be fine, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Our next area of focus is Sunday services. As we emerged from COVID restrictions during the second half of 2021, we offered two morning services to ensure we could accommodate all members of the congregation comfortably. We had one more contemplative service and a second intergenerational service. These elicited both positive and negative feedback. Currently, we are running still with two morning services, one here in the sanctuary and a second known as Brighton Road Baptist Kids for children and young people in the sports hall. We'll carry on as we have in the first months of 2022 for now and take time to review and consider what will be the best route forward for the longer term. We're doing our best to increase diversity and add a variety to our worship, including different worship styles, speakers and opportunities for sharing, such as testimony and engaging in prayer and discussion. We hope this will encourage us in our worship and make sure everyone feels welcome. We have teams responsible for leading, for music, for communion preparation, setting the seats, coffee and refreshments and flowers. They're all crucial. At the moment, we have small numbers of people responsible for all these things, so we would warmly welcome more people to get involved and develop their gifts by joining with these teams. God been doing in your life? What has God done for you recently? Do you have any good news you'd be prepared to share now that will encourage others? This is the moment, this is your chance to come and have the microphone. I can bring, Pauline, I'll throw this up to you. I'll speak up. Okay, listen up everybody. On a Sunday morning, I always read a song. And this morning, I read Psalm 48, and when I got to the last verse, I turned over the page in my diary, in my Bible, and I saw I had put a pencil mark at the side, and the pencil mark against verse 14 was 30th of March, 2014, and I read that verse on that day, and it meant a lot to me, because it was the day before I had the operation for breast cancer, eight years ago, only another two years in terms. I praise the Lord for that, and I want to say this is the verse. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. That meant a lot to me on that day. And it, he has kept me since last eight years and I looked to him in the future. 
Thank you. That's great. Anybody else? Michael, I will, I will interrupt you if you go on for too long. I was very interested this week because God was showing that he loves everybody individually. And he has an individual love for every solitary person. I spoke to a woman uh, this week and she said that she'd met a Christian who said she wasn't going to heaven because she wasn't a Christian, this woman. And so I was able to explain to her about the fact that I could say to her, you're very beautiful, I'm going to marry you, I'm going to take you home. She looked a little bit aghast at that. And I said, yes, I'm not giving you a choice. I'm not giving you freedom. And she said, you've explained it in such a way. I'm going to go away and think about it. But God loves you because of who you are and not because you fit into his slot or his shape. And that's really been a picture for me today. Brilliant. Thank you, Michael. Bless you. Just to say that Rosin and I have been married 50 years this weekend. Uh, so, um, and, I, and we thank you for your fellowship with us over those years. And for those of you who were there 50 years ago, um, and there's not many of us who were around then, we thank you especially. Bless you, Brian. Thinking what uh, our brother said about life groups. It came to our rescue earlier this week because Pauline went to uh, take a friend for coffee in Hilliers. On the way to <coughs> Hilliers, she didn't feel too good. And when she got to Hilliers, she was violently sick and very, very ill. And who should come in but our house group leader? And uh, he, uh, with all the uh, enthusiasm and ability, was able to put Pauline into the car, bring her home, and get her into bed. So if you're not well, join a life group. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. One more. One more. Thank you. Well, mine, mine is completely different. I had to pick up some typing today, um, on Wednesday, for PMA. I'd been out all morning. And I popped home for some lunch and I went to get the typing and I thought, if only I could get this printed off today, it would be absolutely wonderful. And I said to the person who I picked it from, it'll be a miracle if there's anybody in the office that can duplicate things for us. I said, I think I'll try. And she raised her eyebrows as though to say, you'll be lucky. <laughs> well, <laughs> I prayed as I came along and said, God, please... If it's possible, can I get this done? Please work a miracle. And he did. When I came in, Mary was at the desk, and Effie, and I haven't seen Effie since before COVID, and she was, she was there. Although she was leaving, she stayed and did it for me. So God worked a miracle for me. Thank you for sharing. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that there is no limit to your love for us. There's no limit to the way in which you work. Thank you for answered prayer. Thank you for the love and the support of other people. Thank you for opportunities to speak for you. Thank you for your detailed involvement in our lives. Open our eyes to your presence with, with us. 
raise our expectations of what you might do in us and through us and for us. You are our God, our lives belong to you. May we know the joy of living for you and with you in this coming week. In Jesus' name, amen. Mary's talking on the next stage of the video. We are very clear that an area of focus must be prayer. Without prayer, we are nothing. There are many opportunities for prayer within the life of BRBC, ranging from prayer during services, regular church prayer meetings, house groups and small prayer groups. Many of our church organisations have time set aside for prayer and reflection, including our deacons, pastoral teams and midweek groups. We are open to reintroduce prayer before services on Sundays if there is an appetite for that. And we are working together to ensure that the midweek prayer meetings are accessible and attractive to more within our fellowship. This will include taking on board feedback that there be more time for open prayer. We are very open to explore other opportunities for prayer, including having a prayer box, prayer after church and prayer breakfasts. Over the lockdown period, several of our prayer triplets seem to have stopped and we have recently reintroduced a prayer triplet coordinator and communicated how you can join together with other members of our fellowship to meet for regular prayer. Finally, we have extended our prayer chain network to ensure that house group leaders are aware of prayer needs for the church to further galvanise our collective prayer. We would encourage everyone to get involved in the prayer life of our church. So, let's pray. Lord, you have a love and concern for all people. And we've heard how we can be an answer to other people's prayers. Make us the kind of people who have time for others. May we hang around for other people. May we linger with intent to care. May we be prepared to rock the boat for justice. And may we not just be people who look for a new thing or who talk about a new thing, but who follow it through. May we not just have the ideas, but enable us to make them happen. May we not be people who complain about this or that, but maybe be people who do something about it. So Lord, in all our joys and all our concerns, may we be ever mindful of your presence with us and in your world. Help us to turn our words into deeds, our thoughts into reality, our good intentions into a way of life. May we move beyond reading or hearing the word to becoming the word, to responding to the word, to embodying the word. May we be people who walk the talk, who speak of good things and who live them out as well. 
Lord, in all our joys and all our concerns, may we be mindful of your presence with us and in your word. You've said that the Spirit sets people free, set us free, and enable us to work for the freedom of others. Give us a passion for justice and enable us to proclaim that justice in everyday acts of compassion. May we be people who welcome the stranger. May we not be strangers here. Would you love us into community, into your family? We pray for those who find themselves in Horsham, refugees from Ukraine, from Syria, from other parts of the world. May they find a welcome, safety, and love, and healing here, to be part of a community which values them. And Lord, our hearts go out to the people of Ukraine today. The violence and the terror and the suffering there. We lift them to you, praying for your deliverance. Praying for those injured. Praying for those fighting. Praying for those negotiating. We pray for a change of heart and policy on the part of the Russian government. We pray for your intervention. May your kingdom come. May your presence be apparent in that war-torn land. So in all our joys and all our concerns, keep us mindful of your presence here with us and in your world. And may we pay you more than lip service. Enable us to serve you with our whole life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your neighbour as yourself. Easy to remember, difficult to do, but Jesus distilled everything that's required of us into those two commandments. So let's express our love for God as we stand and sing, with my whole heart, I will praise you.
please be seated. You know, I've got some really good news. And that is that Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for you. We need it. And the prayer that he prayed in John 17, right at the end of that uh, meal with his disciples, his long, long monologue, that prayer is the prayer that's on his lips for Brighton Road. And that prayer is that all of us would be one. Post-COVID, I think it feels a little bit as if we are a bit fragmented and disjointed. But it's on Jesus' heart to reforge those connections again. To bring back a sense of closeness, a sense of belonging, a sense of love. But even without COVID, let's face it, being one in church can be tricky. So many things we don't quite see eye to eye about. And of course that's easily solved. If you all come around to my way of thinking, then everyone will be perfectly happy. But that's not Jesus' way. He calls us to give way to each other, to make space for each other, to give up the moral high ground. So we need to heed what Richard Baxter said way back in the 17th century. In necessary things, unity. In doubtful things, liberty. In everything, charity. And just to clarify, you might think something is absolutely necessary, but if someone disagrees with you, then there is an element of doubt in that. So there's scope for liberty and charity there. The love that binds us together has to be and is more potent than the things that pull us apart. And that's because the love that we share is God's love. If we know God, then the love which the Father has shared with the Son from eternity is the love that he puts within us as individuals and as his family, because Christ himself is in us. And if Christ is in us and God is in Christ, then it works a bit like a a set of Russian dolls. God is in Christ and Christ is in us. That means that God is in us, in the fullness of his presence. And as we love each other, then the love of God is brought to perfection within us. That is our calling. And that is our immense, immeasurable privilege. You know, the only way you can know God is if you have Christ within you. And if you have Christ within you, then you have the love of God within you. And if you have the love of God within you, then that is the love that binds you together with everybody else, with all our differences. God has loved us with the same love he has bestowed on his Son. And it's that love which brings us to complete unity. It's that love which enables the world to recognise that God sent his Son into the world. The quality of our relationships with each other 
is one of the most powerful testimonies there is to the gospel. So how good is our witness? How strong is our love? Alan Crider put it well. The outsiders said of the early Christians, look how much they love each other. The enemies of the church were impressed and confounded by the depths of love the Christians had for each other and for others in society. They didn't say, listen to what these Christians are talking about. They didn't say, read all the books that they're writing. They said, look how much they love each other. Christianity's truth was visible. It was embodied and enacted by its members. That's why Jesus is praying for us. Because he wants the quality of our relationships visibly to reflect the love that has been shared from eternity between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't just want that because it's good for our witnesses, for our witness that people will, will see that the Father sent the Son because we love each other. It's good for us as well, actually. Jesus says he has passed on to us the glory that his Father gave him. When the Father looks at the Son through the eyes of love, he thinks his Son is amazing. That's what glory is. It's a wow word. If you have glory, I look at you and I think, wow, you are amazing. We, 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 we look at God and we think, God is amazing. We give him glory because God is glorious. But Jesus says, I'm giving you the glory that my Father gave me. As Christ is present among us, he brings his divine glory with him. So that Jesus in our midst and the fullness of the presence of God in Jesus makes us amazing in God's sight. And in the eyes of others when they catch a glimpse of it. Binds us together into unity. Because our glory in church is our relationships with each other as they reflect the love of God, we demonstrate what it means to be made in his image. We reflect his glory together. And the amazing thing about the way in which Jesus talks about his relationship with the Father is the way in which Father and Son together embrace and include us. So Jesus talks about having a kind of interlocking relationship with his Father. He is in the Father, and the Father is in him. Think of a paper chain. Which link is in the other? They're both in each other. They are joined together. And Jesus says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. We are linked together in that kind of way. But then he says, may we be in them. So we are kind of like a third link that passes through the other two. In some mysterious way, we participate in the close relationship between the Father and the Son. They include us in a kind of group hug. They welcome us into their mutual embrace. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. As the Holy Spirit enters our hearts, as the Holy Spirit enters our community, he is the one who forges the links between us and Jesus, between us 
and the Father, including us within the divine family, so that our unity, our fellowship, our relationship reflects the relationship between the Father and the Son. That's what's on Jesus' heart. That's his prayer for us. So let me ask you, what do you make of all this? Does it ring true? I'll be the first to admit that I find it very difficult to get my head round Jesus' prayer in John 17. It screws my mind up, something awful. But there's a reality there about the way in which he wants his love to be reflected in our relationships. Do you catch just an occasional glimpse, maybe in life groups, of what fellowship can and should be like? Or is it all so abstract and removed from reality you find yourself losing patience with me a bit? Because love's one of these funny things that's hard to define and even harder to do. And yet, and yet it's Jesus' prayer for us. It's what he wants for us. It's his will and purpose for us. And although he's praying, it will only come about as he works in us and through us to create the kind of self-giving love that characterizes the relationship between the Father and the Son. That relationship of trust and love and giving way and humility. So there's no doubt about what Jesus wants for us. No doubt about his vision for Brighton Road and for any church, actually. The question has to be, okay, Lord, I see what you want for us. What do you want from me? What's my part in all of this? What's your prayer for me? And how can I be an answer to that prayer? So let's reflect on that as we sing Holy Spirit, living breath of God. I know we sang lots of these last week. I apologise for that. didn't know, but it seems right to sing them again this week. So we will sing this again.
please sit down? I recognise this is going to be severely disorientating for you, but the sermon was not the last bit of the service. We have the final concluding part of the video. After a long period of time when we were unable to meet in groups to share and fellowship and socialise together, thankfully we're now able to do so. Special times in the year will offer opportunities for social gathering, be it Easter, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, or the potential just to meet for tea and cake. We're currently planning a church weekend at home for the 16th and 17th of September, when we plan to have a range of events, including crafts, discussion groups, Bible teaching and worship, as well as sharing in meals and fellowship together. We want to ensure that we plan a range of activities, which will be appealing and provide something for everyone. We recognise the power of being together in sharing and building relationships with one another. So if you have ideas for events or activities, please do suggest them and also get involved in helping us to make them happen. So let's return to where we started with the vision that we believe God has given us for the future life and work of our church. We hope that what we have shared with you in this short video excites you about the future possibilities for growth in our church. We have five areas of focus, revitalizing our welcome, integrating our life groups and Sunday worship, improving opportunities for shared worship on Sundays, building our prayer life as a family of God's people, and finding ways to enable our extended church family to socialize together. We pray that you will feel able to join us on this journey and establish new ways of sharing together here at BRBC in Horsham. May God richly bless each and every one. I'm going to ask we spend a few moments in quiet just to reflect on our time together. Is there one thing that you're going to take away? One thing that God is calling you to do out of today's service. Lord, we hear your prayer for us. And our prayer to you is, have your way in us and through us, that your glory might be seen in our life together. Amen. And this is the end. Let's stand and sing together, 1569. To him we come, Jesus Christ, our Lord.
And together, let's share in the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.